Good morning, Tommy. Good morning, Mario. This is not going to be a formal one. Um, this morning I have Tommy Midlow. Tommy is a real estate agent with Preferred Real Estate Brokers. And Tommy is one of my closest friends. And so I wanted to bring you on when I started doing these things, but I wanted to get really good and comfortable with the camera and the microphone before I brought you on because um, I think this is going to be a fun one. Um, Tommy, tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, obviously, this is real estate geared, so tell me sort of how long have you been in the industry, um, how you got started, what was your first impression of the industry, and then we'll go from there. Um, great. First of all, I want to say uh, thanks for having me. Of course. Um, when you started doing the podcast, I was like, wow, I wonder if he's going to have me on. And then two months later, I got asked, and <laughs> it was like Christmas morning now. Um, so real estate-wise started, uh, this is my probably going on my fifth year um, in real estate. Um, was in professional sales for... 10 years before that, I sold uh, lighting products to, to Disney World and was with a, a great Fortune 500 company doing that. Um, did a little bit more project sales and the lighting side of it, LEDs and energy efficient stuff. And then, um, and then got asked if, uh, if I would be interested in, uh, in joining a team, real estate team, and, uh, and doing real estate. And at the point, I was like, Listen, I know there's a long kind of learning curve to get into real estate, uh, building the pipeline and working that. And, um, and the team I got to join um, said, hey, we'll work with you. We'll train you and uh, we'll get you some, some mentorship and, and kind of work you through it. And, you know, the market was five years ago. It was it was pretty hot, you know. So I, uh, I decided to take the leap and uh, get licensed which not being in a classroom and doing that was kind of a little, you know, a little nerve-wracking to start that process and and the training and then actually taking the the licensing test. Past that and really haven't looked back since. So, uh it's been pretty awesome. It's it's a very difficult decision to make to go into real estate. Uh, but so that people know kind of the mindset that you were in, you are the breadwinner for your home. Correct. And you have four children. Well, they're not children anymore, but they were children five years ago. Sure. Um, so you have four kids. And when you make this leap of faith, like you say, there's nothing guaranteed. There's no salary. There is no, um, there's no income until you start closing some deals and get that pipeline going. Um, when you started the process of training in the industry, mm-hmm. what were some of the things that really made a difference for you? And this is something that I kind of want to hone in. The more of this podcast that I do, I want people that are listening that are perhaps new to the industry to know sort of where to seek value, where to look for value, things that are really going to make a difference in their career. Yeah, so... Coming on and joining, you know, for me, I feel like my journey was it wasn't just uh, just getting thrown in the deep end of the pool and say, okay, now you're licensed, now you're a realtor, now go out there and list homes, sell homes, do that. Um, the 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 training program that I started, I started on uh, on a team as a buyer's agent, and I think that really really helped me learn that side of the business because working specifically with only buyers, not having to worry about listings at all, I think really really helped in that process 
um, if people are listening and, and they're, they're thinking about getting into the industry, you know, there is, there's two sides. Are you going to do it as, um, as a part-time thing, keep your regular job, get licensed, and then try to work it in there? Or are you making this leap to be able to go in? And, and again, there's, there's a good, it could be a good three to six months of literally no income coming in so if you're going to make this your full-time career you know what does that look like how much of uh you know of a safety net or you know money do i have put away to be able to start this process and do it but because i was able to start as a buyer's agent i really feel like learning that learning contracts was huge being able to present a contract to a buyer and understanding what that is um leads how, how the leads were coming in how the buyers were coming in was huge to be able to have those. Being on the team, those leads were pretty much handed to me. But as I started to, I was able to bring in my own sphere and start working some of those as well too. So I had leads coming in from the team I was on, but then also working with family and friends and saying, hey, I'm in the industry. I can you know, I can help you buy or sell or refer the seller and then actually work with the buyers and help them find homes. So I think that was a, was was a great way to learn the business, learning the buyer side first and not being overwhelmed with everything real estate. I think there's a bunch of things that are really interesting about your journey. And so one of those things is from the day that you started, no one ever asked you, no customer ever ever asked you, hey, how long have you been doing this? Um, Because there was a sense of confidence from the beginning that you always had. There is also some um, sort of kind of like non-tangibles that you had, natural um, abilities that you had. You are the consummate people person. Like you are the guy that talks to anybody. I mean, if we go out to lunch, you will have a conversation with three strangers by the time we finish lunch. That's just what happens every single time. Sure. Um, and so I think that made things a little easier for you in the sense that you didn't have to come out of your shell to do something that wasn't natural for you. You were doing the same things that you always did, only with a real estate slant to it. You, you would kind of be like having these conversations with people, and naturally they will find out you were in real estate, and then you know, they would become your customers, and then they would love you, you know, from that point on. Sure. Um, you were in the team for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Very successful buyer's agent. Um, I was in the same team as a buyer's agent. A lot of the training that you received yep. came came from me, so I know yep. your story very well. Yep. Um, and then, when did you decide? Like, what goes through your mind when you decide? You know, you're going to do this thing solo, um, because when you have a real estate license, there is a number of opportunities. You can work for a builder. You can work for timeshare. You can do you know solo real estate you can be in a team like how do you decide you know i want to do this single agent thing and and kind of work every aspect of the business well before we right get into that the other thing you asked before too was about you know how to, with your career mentor wise and and again I, I know this is your podcast and that side of it but you being able to be there and be that mentor through that whole buyer agent process, having somebody that daily that I could talk to and say, what does this mean? What do I do here? I just hung up with this person and having that person. So, you know, to, to go back to answer your previous question first real quick, if you can find that mentor in the business, somebody that you trust that's willing to kind of 
sew in a little bit to you as well too is really really going to be important find somebody that you you know maybe that you admire in the business or if it is on a team or something that you work out but that that mentorship was huge i think i I think it helped i think i you know i i was able to fast forward maybe a year year and a half where it takes people to go that i was able to get up to that in six months because i had that mentorship coming from you and i appreciate that um making the jump and the leap sometimes um decisions like that are are made for you (laughs) um i was pretty happy on the team i had closed 40 deals um buyer side transactions my last year with that team um i don't know if i was even so much ready to go on my own but circumstances the way they were um i had been looking in some other avenues of other options of of what i could do in real estate but uh, it, it came to a point where it was time to make a break and you make that leap and you, you go uh, you know, hang your license somewhere else. And I think that was important too, uh, of leaving the brokerage that I was and making a clean split and starting with Preferred and, and, and you know, uh, talking with Jose, yourself of course too, and saying, hey, you know what, I think I'm gonna do this on my own. You know, getting getting signs made and starting a marketing plan and working your sphere and that side of it. All those things are, they're super scary. There's no doubt about it. There's a lot of fear that goes in with that. But as you know me too, um, I'm kind of a man of faith. And I, you know, I kind of, I put my faith in that I had a pretty good track record before. I had a pretty good sphere. It helps if your wife is on board with it as well, too. Because <laughs> if uh, uh, if the wife isn't on board, uh, that that could be for some some big issues. Uh, what I had I had, my previous before my sales career, I was actually I worked at Walt Disney World for a while. I was a machinist, a project planner, and I actually left Walt Disney World to go into sales to go sell light bulbs. That's what I told my wife. <laughs> And she's like, you're going to leave a stable career <laughs> at Disney to go sell light bulbs? And I'm like, yeah, it's going to be great. And uh, anyways, it was lighting products. But but having her on board with the transition of leaving the team to go to being my own business, my mm-hmm. own, you know, as my own real estate company, um, that really, really helped. And again, having great mentors, a great brokership, uh, you know, I can't say enough about Jose. And, and what he brings he's just uh it's funny when i when i talk to people about jose specifically and preferred real estate brokers jose's cool yes. he's just got a cool he's just cool collected. That's, funny. that's how everybody describes him it's just calm cool and collected um, which is unusual because a lot of people yes. in this industry are very high strong very um sort of confrontational yep um you know, when you made the leap to become a single agent, yep. like you said, so you came from a team where your responsibility was to receive this buyer leads, convert them into contracts and get them all the way through to closing yep. and do that as many times as possible, you know, on, on, on a weekly basis or whatever the case might be. Sure. And so then you decided to go on your own and when you go on your own, um, now you have to worry about listings. Now you have to worry about marketing. Now you have to worry about social media presence. Now you have to worry about having a website. Um, you have to worry about all these things. Did you just jump in and say, you know, we're going to, like, did you take it one at a time or did you have sort of a methodical plan when you sh- switched and said, okay, let's get this off the list, let's get uh, this off the list? Um, for me, it was more of the shotgun approach. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, you, know, you still so have to make money. You still got to make money. So you got to be you got to be converting contracts and be able to do that. Um, before I left, I had a, I had a pretty healthy pipeline, which really helped. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the agreement that I had with the team that I was leaving that that pipeline would stay in place. So that was really really important that side of it. So. Um, but as you say, the checklist of that, um, you know, I'm still, I'm still working through this. Um, in November of this year, it'll be two years that I've been on my own. So working that process through it. I've got a, you know, I've lived in Claremont 20 years now. Um, I, Mo and her family and my family, we've got a pretty big family and a pretty big sphere, which really has helped. Um, you know, I haven't, I haven't purchased any Zillow leads or anything from Realtor or that side of it. Um, my Facebook presence is pretty good. Um, my wife's in ministry. You know, we help out single moms and, and their kids. And we've got a thrift store that we help that helps run the ministry and that side of it. So a lot of a lot of the buyers and, you know, process that I've had have come through that and that sphere, which has really helped. So it's twofold. I get to help a single mom buy a house and, you know, and, and, and help mentor her kids and certain things. So, so that works out great too. But when you talked about an actual methodical list, I'm still going through that list yeah. of what you know of what it looks like for marketing. The website is is just getting up and running. Here I am, 18 months later, you know. But it it, it did take it does take, you know. Here's that process: getting signs and making what that's going to look like. Your new business cards, what are those going to look like? You know, so so checking those things off the list, the basic things that you need. The the whole listing side is a it's a whole different side of the business. So that was um that was that's a big challenging. filling out the matrix form yeah. and having that done and 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 when you list and and just a listing agreement is different than than a buyer side contract. Right, because you know? a lot of people don't know that. So but yeah. um when you are in a team exclusively as a buyer's agent, like yourself, so you got licensed and came into the team, yep. you had never seen a listing agreement in your life um, right up until that point because that was just not a part of your operations. That's not a part of your business. Um, and so, you know, one of the things I always liked about you, and I used you as an example a lot, and the people listening to this, I want them to sort of take that from your story is... You're not a guy that shows up to every class. You're not a guy that's at, I've never in my life seen you at a social real estate event or a happy hour. I may see you at a broker's open occasionally where we're talking like very sporadically because your approach to this is this is my job. And my job between the hours of whatever to whatever is going to be, you know, talk to either my current customers, my past customers or my future customers. So you are prospecting very actively um, throughout the day and in doing so what you've done is you were able to transition from buyer's agent to solo without having a lag in your pipeline you built up that pipeline very rapidly and then you you're also very good at saying when you don't know the answer to something you're not one of these guys that's trying to like fly by the seat of your pants and, and like figure it out you have no problem telling someone hey i'll find let me get that answer for you. I don't know it, but I'll find someone who knows the answer to that. And I think that's been really helpful. And, and the contrast to that, from what I see oftentimes, is people that are getting started on, the, on their career and they think it's all the classes that's going to make them or break them. It's showing up to every single class that their office puts on. It's showing up to every single happy hour event, every single networking event. And they think that's going to make or break their career. And, 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 and it's troubling because... I know that that doesn't work. 
And so what that does is it consumes a lot of time for those people, and you, you've never done any of that. Yeah, and, and it's funny you're saying that because, again, I go back to the wife. We're like, well, what are you doing today? You know, and it's like, well, your accountability wanna, partner. Exactly. She, she totally is that. And I want to work, like go to work to work. And again, visiting new construction places and, and connecting and knowing what's going on in the market and that side, you know, um, so that you can bring that value back to the customers. I just I never saw a lot of the, the networking stuff with other realtors <laughs> as being super beneficial I mean, it is good because you want to bounce some ideas off and some things like that. Again, it really helps when you do have that mentor to be able to bounce those ideas and that side of it. But then in the other hours that you're actually you're trying to work, you're, you're, you're networking with somebody who could possibly be a co- client, not a competitor. There's plenty of realtors. Everybody knows a realtor out there in that side of it. But it's like, I want to get to that buyer. I want to be able to help that person who wants to list their home or wants to buy an investment property or whatever the, whatever the deal is. I'm not, I'm not afraid to get creative with deals as well, too, so, uh, and, and to try to make things happen. But I just, I, you know, some of the classes are helpful, specifically in the, in the early stages. Contracts are so important. You need to be able to do that. You need to have a good broker that you can call and pick up the phone and they'll call you back because you need that answer right then and there when you don't know the answer. You're like, hey, I'll get that for you. How quickly can you get it back to, to that? And, and I think that's been part of my success too is, is I don't mind jumping. I'll jump around rather quickly. And if somebody calls, I try to call them back as soon as possible. I don't put them out as far. You do have to be careful in this industry because it can consume you and be able to do it all the time. It can be 9 o'clock at night and you're still picking up phones and do that. So finding that balance can get a little bit a little bit crazy. There's some people that turn off their phones at 6 o'clock. I don't really know how you do that as a single agent and, and really be able to keep that. If you have a team, if you have people that are, that are going to help pick up that slack and be able to do that. But when you're on your own, you're pretty much you're wide open. And again, with your accountability partner on that side of it, if you've come to an agreement <laughs> that, hey, I'm going to chase these things and be able to go at them, go at them quick, I think that really helps as well too. But again, you don't want to get too consumed where it's like, you can do this job 80 hours a week. Of course. And just be doing it. But you can also do it 40 hours a week if you're not spending 20 hours at another broker open in smoothing with other <laughs> other, real other real estate agents. You know, you're just like, I don't know what more I can learn. I know what a contract is. I know what, listen, you know, I want to go out there and find, find that next client, really. Um, you mentioned that um, this job can certainly take over your life. Yep. In that, you know, our cell phones are attached to our hip and the cell phone has the email and the text message. And so... Um, so it's very easy to be sort of plugged in all the time. Um, what are some things that you that you have done to be able to kind of create a balance? Because again, married, four kids, about to be a grandfather. Like you have a busy life. I mean, you guys run the ministry, the thrift shop. Um, how do you balance all these things? Um, you know, the, the the my mornings have become a lot more structured. Because really, you know, uh, in the business, most people are working that nine to five. So, um, so I can schedule my mornings out a lot better. That's some time for the wife and I to kind of really kind of reset and, and kind of schedule the day. Once, you know, 10, 11 o'clock comes in there, then it can start getting chaotic. <laughs> 
and you're kind of working through there and doing your follow-ups and, and kind of talking with people. So so really having a, a, a morning routine for ourselves has really helped to be able to do that. Um, but again, you really need to be flexible. If you're going to be on your own, you're going to be running, you're going to be running this, you do need to be able to have that flexibility when when a house comes up and pops up because the market's still pretty decent. The good properties are selling faster than others. You've got some people that you're working with. You need to jump and be able to get on it and be and be first uh, first to market, first to that house, and and be able to schedule those. Evenings are a little more chaotic because you know that's when people are off. They're getting off of work. They want to see a property, and then of course on the weekends as well. Um, telling people no, or just you know, or trying to massage that no to how it works. You know, if 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 my son's got a baseball game. I want to be present at the baseball game and enjoy that. And then afterwards, know, hey, this game's going to end at 1 o'clock. So 2.30, I could probably show a property. So you set some boundaries. Set some boundaries in there and just, just to be able to process process that side of it. But again, this, is, uh, this, this industry is certainly not for the faint of heart. I've been in professional sales and done other things before. This industry is it's a, it's a little bit different. And in, in when you would ask me, about being on the podcast, one of the things I definitely want to say, you can do everything right all the way up to the day of closing and then it doesn't close and you have not done anything and that's different for a lot of industries <laughs> you know, where, where you do regular work and you do really, really good work and everything's tight and something not in your control stops you from getting a paycheck or stops you from closing and that's, that can take a toll on, on you and you need to definitely have a thick enough skin to know I did everything right you did all the work I did all the work and actually did it really well there's times that we you know we forget of something course. or drop the ball or do whatever everybody does that but you really got to be able to to get over that and get over it quick to be able to reset <laughs> and want to work with somebody you know and, and, and say hey I didn't do anything wrong and I still didn't get paid and that's different. That's a different, you know, that's, I, I think that takes, you know, you and I talked about it the other day. It's 80% of the people that get into the business are out of it in a few years or whatever that statistic is to be able to do it. So to be in it for five years as a pretty successful well, buyer's I mean, agent. I think, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's a problem of expectations for a lot of people. Sure. Um, one of the things that I always hear when I talk to a newer agent is they get into the industry because they want the flexibility of the schedule. And so, you know, one of my infamous lines when I'm, you know, teaching a class or something along those lines to newer agents is like, when they told you there was flexibility of schedule, they didn't explain to you what that means. That doesn't mean you are allowed to pick whatever schedule you choose. That means you've got to be flexible to work whenever the buyers want you to work and whenever the seller wants you to work. So it's a different kind of flexible. You're not flexible to take time off whenever. You are flexible because if that person can only see homes on a Sunday at 8 o'clock in the morning, you're going to see a home on Sunday at 8 o'clock in the morning. And so expectations make everything better. And so that's I think that's the best thing we can do in the industry, especially for people that are coming on board, is to talk with people that will talk clearly to with them and, and give them a, a set of expectations um, that's going to match up with the reality of the industry. What you just said, you know, you can do all of the work right up until the closing and still not get paid because someone else or something else happened that was outside of your control. Um, and you have to be able to live with that, dust yourself up and go talk to the next customer. 
Um, and, and I've always used that sort of the Tetris analogy that your mistakes in this industry pile up, you know, and that's a kind of a mental thing. Yep. You know, that I mean that on a mental level. Like if you have three deals cancel in one week, that stuff starts piling up in your head and you start losing confidence. And when things work well, when everything is right, those don't add up. That gets wiped away. And so, you know, you have to have the mental fortitude to be able to get a win and say, that was awesome that I got this win. We closed this deal. Everybody's happy. On to the next and start the next one with the same mindset that you had before that closing. And you have to also be able to do the same thing when it doesn't work out. You have to be able to kind of pick yourself up and say, it didn't work out, but the next one will. And just kind of, and I think that's the part where being self-reliant and self-motivated is very important because... Yes, you know, there's coaching and, you know, self-help books and motivational speakers and whatnot. And generally that can juice you for a minute. Like I've been to some of these things and, and you sit down and for the two hours for, for the day or for the week and you're like juiced on, you're high on this positivity, but you don't have that guy on your shoulder talking to you all the time. And so then something knocks you down. And if you don't have the ability to be self-reliant, and self-motivated enough to say, you know what, that's not going to keep me down. We're going to move on from here to the next thing. Um, it's it's going to be tough to make it in this industry because you don't really have a supervisor. No, you're it. <laughs> you're it. You're you're. You know, people are like, well, treat this like a business. You're the business owner. You turn on your open sign at certain times and off, and when you do it, you 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 are it. And and you're right. I think a lot of people they see that um, the flexibility, they see uh, big commission checks. They're like they can do three percent, two and a half percent of whatever the price point is, and and they look at that side of it. Um, but again, when you talk about those things, I remember you know going from a buyer's agent and splitting fifty fifty mm-hmm. on deals and that side of it to my own deals, you know, so that pretty much doubles your pay, which is great. But now there's a larger tax (laughs) liability. There's the marketing side that comes out of it, setting your business up as a real business, as an S corp and, and wanting to do those things and, and, and making, you know, it's funny. uh, I was talking, talk to the wife about it. I'm like, I got to make payroll every week now. Yeah. And she's like, it's just, you know, you keep talking about making payroll, making payroll. It's just you. But it, but even in that sense, you know, I'm looking that way that like, okay, I'm going to get a payroll check. So I got to fill it. There's got to be enough money in that account to be able to do that. But um, but you're right. Being self, it's it can be such a blessing. And, 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 and it's on you. You can work this as much as you want. You need a little extra money, cry, you know grind it out a little bit more to be able to do those things and 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 if you don't you can you can back it down a little bit when when it's a little bit quieter and you can can go and 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 not have to you know push off a call there here or there or take a day and and, and go to the beach and enjoy it to where you didn't have to take a, a vacation day or, or you know only answer a couple calls so so that's a blessing as well too but you're right the self-reliance side is is huge but you've you've got to have that fortitude to be like you said, to be able to reset and reset real quick because everything's going to look like it's smooth sailing. We're going, and then somebody's going to do something stupid. <laughs> Hopefully, it's not your fault, but uh, but even if it is, you know what? And, being more, your own and, the, and the more deals that you do, the more often it happens. Yep. Um, that's just a function. If you're only closing five deals a year, you probably can close five deals without any kind of headache. Yep. When you're doing 30, 40, or more, you know, like that's when things start you know, the issues start sort of adding up because now you're working with a 
bigger number of people. People don't realize closing one real estate transaction sometimes takes six, seven, eight different parties. I mean, you have a listing agent, but you have a buyer's agent. But on top of that, you have inspectors, you have a surveyor, you have insurance company, you have mortgage company, you have title company. You know, you have all these people involved in the transaction. So if you're doing this even 20 times a year, that's a lot of people that you're working with. Someone's going to make a mistake. It's just a human thing. Um, you talked about this, and I kind of wanted to um, sort of close with this. Um, you are definitely a man of faith. You, yep. I admire that about you and your family uh, very much. Um, Mo is, has been a very um, outspoken um, faith leader in the community, um, particularly with mentoring women and, and single moms, um, folks that need help in the community. And I want you to tell me a little bit about how people can um, can see some of the work that you guys are currently doing. Um, tell us a little bit about the thrift store and how real estate agents also can get involved with that aspect. Sure, that's great. So um, about eight years ago now, we started um, our ministry. It's called Unforsaken Women. And, uh, and what that was is it was really, um, God put it on Mo's heart to help women renew their mind in God's word. Uh, Mo struggled with anxiety, terrible early in our marriage and uh and really finding her faith and, and renewing her mind daily in god's word has really has really set her free so uh she took on that um to start writing and teaching and starting started unforsaken unforsaken comes from uh, joshua 1 5 where um uh, he says i'll never leave you nor forsake you the lord says i'll never leave you or forsake you be strong and courageous and that came right out of joshua 1 5 so so never forsake you Mo kind of put the word on in front of it so that's how unforsaken was birthed and and she teaches a, a bible study once once a month um to women we get anywhere from 50 to 100 women come out we started a thrift store because it was hard to get donations and people to help and support the ministry we started a thrift store that's right in oakland it's called unforsaken treasures so if there's um if there's real estate professionals that have really you know there's they're looking to get rid of you know nicer clothes we sell nicer furniture it just blesses um, the community and that it helps single moms and their kids. We help pay like, you know, a water bill, a light bill, certain things like that. We do a man training program. This is kind of more like a, like a big brother program to a lot of these single moms kids. And then we also have a school in Haiti that we help to, uh, help to support that, uh, gets a hundred kids in Haiti, gets them a Christian education and helps feed them. So everything is, is real local. And then we have our global mission that helps in Haiti as well too. So it's in, it's been a, it's been a great blessing. Claremont, Mineola, Winter Garden, Oakland. Um, this area is just, there's no doubt it's thriving. And I think it's it's got a lot of great faith-based community leaders. Um, there's amazing churches. The Community Foundation is great. New Beginnings. I could I could list a number of the of, of the community things that are going on, all circled around faith, you know, and that and that faith in Jesus and, and what it means. And my life is 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 so much more blessed and enriched by being able to to help others, right? Our, you know, our mission really it, it's a pretty simple one, love God, love people. So if you're going to love people and you're in the real estate industry, that's you've got to go and and help them. And and for myself, I base my business on just treating people like like it's my brother, like it's my cousin, my aunt, my uncle. That's the way that I've kind of based it. That's how I'm going to just continue to do it. Hopefully that you know that it succeeds that way and uh 
and it helps the unforsaken treasure side really again if they if they've got if you've got donations and things you can connect you can go to uh, unforsaken treasures um, unforsakenwomenspecifically.com is our website and you'll see all the different avenues of where you can give and how you can give. yeah and so there's two things so um, on the you guys have a Facebook page which is unforsaken treasures yep so if people follow that page they'll see some of the stuff that comes up sometimes it's clothing sometimes it's tools sometimes it's furniture yep. um, it could be a, a number of things that you guys are putting there for like a couple of dollars people can come and buy and now it's become kind of like a boutique for teenagers yep. um, that they come and they do this this great wardrobes out of there and so um, a couple of things that I've been a part of that I think everyone especially people with kids um, should really kind of look into is you guys every year have Santa come and the pictures with Santa are awesome because you don't have to do a line for six hours to get a picture with Santa when your kids are cranky he spends the day there and then you guys um, all the toys that are donated to you that are in good condition at that time um, this last year you guys put them outside and People were able to come with their kids and kind of fill a bag with toys, like free, so that no kids go Christmas without having toys, which was um, one of the coolest things that I've been a part of. Um, so anyone listening to this, um, you know, should definitely check out Unforsaken Treasures. If you're a real estate agent, a listing agent, and you have that seller that's like, you know, we're moving to another state and we can't take... Um, this washer and dryer, we can't take this bed that's in good condition or this clothing that's in good condition. Um, you can arrange to have it picked up and it's all pretty seamless, right? Yeah, and it works It works really well too. And I wanted to mention too, we also have a food pantry that we run in partnership with um, with the Lakeside Church, but it's actually at the store. So that's one of those things too where locally if somebody needs some food, they can stop off at the store. It's kind of nice because we, you know, we kind of keep it really kind of low key. Um, but it's also like if you know somebody that that does need food, they can stop at stop off at Unforsaken Treasures and and pop in there and be like, hey, I need a couple bags of food. Or even if they want to pick up a couple bags for a family and be able to do that, um, we do that as well too. So it works out. You know, it's just it's just about community. Um, all the clothes that they get donated, not everything goes out on on the floor. Really, the, the the nicer stuff kind of goes there. But then we have another ministry that we partner with, Symphony Salvage. They actually bundle it up and send it all over the world. They'll drop big bundles of it in Africa and different places. So pretty much any kind of clothing that, that even if it does it's going to be utilized. And it's just great, and it's great that it's local and global as well, too. So it's pretty awesome. Thank you for coming, Tommy. Thanks for having me. Forward to it. Thanks, buddy. All right.